listening to a Called Collective podcast, where we seek to equip the next generation of ministry leaders. The Called Collective produces multiple podcasts, which you can find in the description below. To learn more about The Called Collective, visit our website at thecalledcollective.org or check us out on Instagram at The Called Collective. Check, check, check. No, it was terrible. <laughs> it did not, you did not make it work. so bad. That was terrible. That was such a I bad sermon. <laughs> How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the Modern Parables podcast. I am your host, Tyler Sanders, joined as always by my co-hosts, the lovely, the gracious, the elegant. Wow. Yes. I have legit never been called that. My before. name's Isaac, by the way. Isaac and Nero. <laughs> <laughs> there is a long story behind that, but no, thanks, thanks guys so for much. always being just so gracious with what my would you adjectives do for us? you. Yeah, I know. I'd fail. I'd flounder. We honestly just have to do what you say. So there you go. Yep. All right. Well, and we are joined as always in our fourth chair by a very special guest. We have Dr. Jonathan, middle name redacted Morgan. (laughs) Very special. Can you guys guess what it starts with an S? Shelby. Sylvester. (laughs) Biblical name. Oh, Silas. First martyr. Steven. Steven. There it is. Nice. Yes, so dude, nice. Samuel. Read Acts. Thank you, Dr. Bernie. Sylvester, oh. come on. Acts 7, read it. It's good. Soul. Hmm, interesting. All right. Dr. Morgan, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I have been here since 2016. And so that's, let's see, six completed years on my seventh. Dang. All right. Yes. This is the holy you, year. Before you guys, that's right. It should be the year of Jubilee. I should get a sabbatical oh. right now. Oh. I, I have applied for one, maybe for the next spring. We'll see. I was a pastor for a while in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, um, right after seminary. So about four years, I was the young adult uh, college pastor near the university. And so we had a lot of college interaction, a lot of young people in the ministry. Uh, We called it 20-something. Then I went back to school and then uh, got back into teaching. So before here, I was in Georgia for a a few years teaching at a college there. And again, I've been here ever since. And uh, it's been been a wonderful ride, especially with what you say, elegant and gracious yes. students like yes, that. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <Right>. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Keeping yes. us in. Well, we are so glad you're here. And uh, as always, roll tide. Oh, you geez. know, <laughs> <laughs> so I lived there. I, I moved there at the age of 25. And while you can appreciate the football culture, I'm a big college football fan, went to a lot of, you know, Alabama games. I found that the, the fan base there can be almost insufferable. Mm. Very entitled Whoa. to their tradition. And mm. I came in, I came in, this was wrong, you know, especially well, if you're a Yankee living in Alabama, they mm-hmm. look at you suspiciously. But I came in as a Notre Dame fan. Ooh. And Ooh. any Alabama fan worth wow. of salt does not like Notre Dame. <laughs> so, I, you know, I could appreciate, you know, the university. I took a couple language classes there. I got into it, but I just couldn't quite become like Roll Tide Nation. Yeah. And I, I think I was sort of despised because of it but uh, so they're right up there with boston red sox fans it's just like really despised fan groups yeah or or the or the patriots oh Oh, yeah maybe the yankees you know well and there goes our entire new england uh (laughs) fan base and the deep south we've lost it all so whoever's listening to this anymore whoever's left to listen we appreciate you all you good midwesterners yes what what is our uh passage here for us dr morgan yeah so lately i've been going through uh, the epistle of First John. I like to go through uh, a book of the Bible um, a couple of times, two, three, even four times, to make sure that I I get the things that uh, 
I've missed previously. And so I've been in the middle of it. And I thought today I would share with you that you guys can discuss. It comes from chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. Now I'm reading from the ESV. I should have brought the Greek to see if you guys really understand. Oh. <laughs> so, I would, my illustration would have been it's all Greek to me. <laughs> that's original. Yeah. Okay. So, f- so starting in 15, he says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life, is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. Wow. Mm-mm-mm. The word of the Lord. Thanks be, Thanks to, God. be to God. Oh, my days. All right, gentlemen, mm. as we sit here, as we contemplate, as we think, what are the things we have from the verses that Dr. Morgan <laughs> shared? <laughs> this, if You're you don't stalling. know, this is him stalling, <laughs> trying to this think is, of something. Th- this isn't um, this isn't like a, a Pauline letter where you're trying to figure out the riddle. No. John writes in a very clear, yeah. very concise way that uh, uh, almost almost at at a, a child level. Yes. Even, even the Greek is very yeah. is very simple Greek, and so here we go. Let's see if uh, you guys wait. can get this. But I just have <laughs> one more time. We got to hear that again. <laughs> what? Because you were talking. I know. Your opinion is wrong. <laughs> Your opinion is wrong. I just have to say thank you for the vamp. You were vamping to give yes, us time as yes, well. Yes, yes, yes. I, I understand Steltac. Yeah, I'm there trying we to go. Help you guys. Yeah. So there's this illustration that I've heard before. So it's not original. However, I think it is applicable. Mm. So in verse 15, it says, "Do not love the world or the things in the world." It doesn't. It doesn't say you can partially love, you know, the, the, the things of the world and partially love God. It, it's 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 all the way in, or it's or it's not at all. Yeah. And I remember a pastor explaining to me one time that. If we are going to have a relationship with Jesus, live for Jesus, but yet we still love the things of the world, it'd be like trying to close the door and having our foot stuck in the door. In the same sense of, I'm trying to step into this relationship with Jesus wholeheartedly, 100%, but yet I'm still entangled in the things of the world, that my foot is blocking the door from being completely closed. It's also giving Mm. Satan a foothold to continue to tempt you to continue all the things that Satan does, deceive and lie, all those things. So, for instance... If you want to, right, not love anything in the world, you take your foot out of the door, you close it completely, you go all in. That's the first thing that, that came to mind. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, like you said, Dr. Morgan, this is pretty pretty simple to understand, but I think sometimes where the tension comes is what do we... How? What's the line of saying what we love in the world? Like if, if I think money is good to have, if I think money's useful, if I enjoy playing tennis, if I enjoy these things, right? If I were to say, I love pizza, we understand like what the meaning of that word is, but where's the line? When is it talking about this verse that my love for the world, if I love the world, then the love of father is not in me. And I think uh, a lot of times when people talk about love with me, you can tell what you love by where you spend your time where you spend your money, where you spend like your effort, every everything that you are really, what does it say? It says where your treasure is there, your heart is as well. Mm-hmm. And so if, you're, if your treasure is, if your time and all your value is spent with the things in the world as it lays out in verse 16 with the desires of the flesh, desires of the eye, the pride of life, all that in the world, then the love of the Father cannot be in you. Mm. But the thing is, then other people will take it extreme the other way and say, oh, I shouldn't, I should be poor 
and all these things. Like, yeah, if, if the Lord like isn't going to give you monetary gain, then it's like, yeah, you are going to be poor. But sometimes people take it extreme saying they shouldn't have anything that's materialistic because that's not good. But we are, as we have talked about before, materialistic religion in the sense that it was yes. created by God. Mm. But how you use it shows what you love. If I if I have money and all I want to use it for is is the Lord, my love isn't for the money. My love is for the Lord because mm-hmm. it's good. what I'm using it for. Yeah. And yeah. so what's your motivation behind all the desires that you have? Mm. If it's love for the Lord, everything that you are, everything that you have will be for him. It's good. It's good. What's the beginning? Big bong. Bing bong. Bing okay. bong, your opinion okay. is wrong. I wasn't okay. clear I wasn't, on that either. Yeah. I thought it was ding dong, like he was <laughs> ringing the doorbell or something. <laughs> um, so what my mind goes to with this is a definition of what love is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so thank you, Dr. Chris Bounds. Uh, through the great Saint Augustine, the definition of love being, uh, love is the alignment of the will with the desire for union. So you want to be united with something. So you do everything you can to be in union with that thing. So you make moves and you take actions walking towards that union. So are we loving the world or are we loving the Father? Which which way are we pouring in our actions? Which way are we moving towards in our affections? Mm-hmm. Are we affectionate towards the world or are we affectionate towards the Lord? Which way are we going in those things? That's what comes to mind immediately. That's good. That's good. Do you have any thoughts, Dr. Morgan, on this? But you if guys, you do, oh, do you I have, have to, do to that? touch you the do. button. Well, now, earlier you said if we're all talking That's about right, the same yes. thing, I don't have Fair. to. Yes. Well, I will anyway. <laughs> it's just fun. It is kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. No, I think you guys made some really good observations. And I think that the the key here for this is that we're not talking about disdaining creation. God made creation, called it good, and we're to to enjoy it. Yeah. We, we, we're to um, find blessing in the things that God has made. Mm-hmm. But I think the key here is the word desires, and mm-hmm. you both just talked about it. Because he says, when he talks about the world, he's not just saying, in fact, he's not saying the created order. Yeah, He's talking about mm. the desire, a certain way of desiring. Yeah, and my translation the says the lust of. That, that's right. Yeah. yeah, the inordinate aspiration and the, the, the coveting after certain things. So the word worlds um, doesn't here just literally mean just what God created. It means a way of desiring. Mm-hmm. And the way that he's describing it is the way that the fallen world, fallen humanity yeah. desires. And again, the pride of life. Um, and I think it's instructive that he also says it's this very thing that's passing away. Yeah. That with the, with the advent of Christ, uh, the kingdom is breaking into the world. And we see, especially Christians, I think, we see the world and its desires for the emptiness and the counterfeit that it is Yeah. as we go after the real thing, real abundant life in Christ. Mm-hmm. And at some point when he returns, it will have completely, of course, passed away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the new world, the, the new kingdom comes. Yeah. Good. And you know, real quick, it's important to note, just as a principle when coming up with sermon illustrations and even developing sermons, we can't just take our English Bible mm. at face value. We got to go in depth. We got to right. go look at the background, look at the original language of what the scripture's talking about. And yeah. for for our young audience, those in high school trying to develop in their call early, just wanted to give a shout out to the called Collective social media page. We have uh, something called True North that was developed by a New Testament scholar uh, as a way to learn how to study the Bible in depth learn how to dig into God's word and practice a way of studying the Bible that 
really does get you in deep yep. with God's word. So that's True North Bible Study on the Called Collective Network. Dr. Morton, thank you for the passage. Absolutely. That was a good passage. That was a little bit uh, maybe easier, as we would say, as some of the past scriptures that we've had. That's right. Yes. The younger folk bring just the most obscure passages. I, I thought about doing that. <laughs> but then I thought, well, what, you know, I just thought about where am I reading? Where am I at yeah, now? That's good. I, I even, even this morning read that and thought, that's that, that seems plain, but there's more to it than just the the plain sense. And sometimes yeah. it's helpful to unpack words like world and what mm. they mean and what they yeah. what they don't mean. Mm. So Absolutely. as you said, so we can understand what he's saying and what, and what he's not saying. That's right. That's good. That's good. That's good. As you know, we start with a Bible passage brought by our guest and to root, to root ourselves in Scripture. But from there, we move on to the random generator. Yeah, and so yeah, what yeah. happened is we put it up on the screen and a random topic right will come. And as we feel led. Uh, we give sermon illustrations. That's right. And stop. A blender. A blender. <laughs> you have to tell me how. Show me how this works. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, a yes, blender. Yes. You yes. guys can help. So me. a blender. Oh, you're just. Oh, that's <laughs> that is rude. That is rude. Oh my days. Go, you got something? Go for it. Or you want to give us a background on a blender? <laughs> <laughs> so a blender is a kitchen appliance. <laughs> so no. Okay. Think think about it for a second. When you want to have, say, a smoothie, right? Smoothie is made up of a whole bunch of different ingredients of all shapes and sizes. Mm, come on now. Go there. All different constructions, all different textures, all different everything. All different flavors. That's right, baby. Say it for the people in the back. All different flavors. That's right. Okay. <laughs> when they enter the blender, they're one way. But when they come out of the blender, mm. hopefully, if your blender's working right, <laughs> it is blended into this new texture, all mixed together, mm. and yet all the flavors are still uniquely there in, mm. so, in some aspect or another. And I think that that's true about the church, right? In, in, in certain respects, the church is a very diverse body of people scattered throughout the world, not just in the United States, not just in Canada, mm. but it's just a whole bunch of different people, different shapes and sizes, once they come to Christ, they're spit out into the church, mm. right? We are one body in one faith with one Lord and one baptism, and yet all the distinct flavors of everyone is still there. A blender. Mm. Hot dog. That was, that was pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah. I, it wasn't too bad. Could be heretical, but <laughs> that's why we got Dr. J Money on here. We're going to have a theological consultant in the back, Dr. Morgan. <laughs> Just stop, stop, stop. No, 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 no. no that, also, that was good. Sometimes when we give, wait, are you supposed to hit that or are you just building off? You're building off. I'm explaining. Sometimes a term. Yes, of course. Sometimes a term is given, and that we just get stumped on. And for example, so you may not have. Sometimes you don't have exactly. So I'm thinking here. I'm like, I could pull something, but it's it's of no value for me to say. (laughs) Okay. Let me ask. Well, the two of you were in class yesterday. Yes. Oh, when you think about Blender, think of an anti-illustration. Yes. What, how, how can this be used as a bad illustration for Christology? I just want to put you on the spot to see. All right. If I, if I nail this, I get an A-plus in the class, yeah? Somebody real quick, for those that don't know, maybe because they're in high school, what is Christology? The study of the person of Jesus Christ. Christology. There it is. There it is. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> I like that you looked at it. Literally, as soon as I said, I looked at I'm like, please. <laughs> please be right. The most easiest thing. I'm not sure is right. See, I, I don't need to have this kind of an impact. I need, to have, I need to put people at ease rather than being like the, no. make sure it's not Harris. It's fine. <laughs> Everyone relax. No, but what, what, we, what we were talking about in the person of Christ is this, this argument and this discussion between 
the two wills. Mm. Or we say Na- the natures. Natures. Nature's a better way. The divine nature mm-hmm. and the, the human nature. Mm-hmm. And um what who we were talking about was Gre- Gregory of Ness Nessia. That Nazianzus. Nazianzus. Yeah. Wow. There, there are two Gregories though. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> and there's also a Nicaea, a council, council of Nicaea, Nicaea. That's, that's not attached to a Gregory. It's not attached <laughs> to that. Yeah. Okay. Hey, you just Anyways, put all your all your education in a blender. Yeah. I'm blending. <laughs> that's it. what he's doing. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know? He's showing but, it. Yeah. But what we talked about was a, a lot of times people well, people tried to use the word that they were blended together. Mm. But the thing that we just talked about was you lose some of the essence of each side when it is blended. It becomes Ooh. a third thing. Mm. And so from there came this heresy of Christ that he was this third thing that it wasn't just he wasn't just divine he wasn't just human but it was this mixture of both and so from there they had to at the council of Chalcedon very good score the first time I listened in class (laughs) praise God his favors on me amen (laughs) but from there they made the distinction between that because they saw what that word led to as in blending the two it's more they are just unified so you have them as they're almost distinct things in a sense but distinct yet inseparably united exactly exactly Say it again for the people in the back. Jesus has two <laughs> natures, human and divine, and the natures are ins- inseparably united, but they remain what they are without being kind of fu- like mixed together. Like Plato, like two different kinds of like Plato. Plato that you can't kind of tease out yeah. the, the different colors again, mm-hmm. or you can't unscramble exactly. an egg or something like good. that. It's, it's good. The, the, the natures remain intact, what they are, integral, um, united. Boom, Boom, baby. Mm. So good. Mm. So that's, good. that's what I thought of when I no, saw that. When, exactly yeah. when that came up, I, I thought of that right away. But I was I just like, centrifuge. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> then you can split them back. You know, yeah, yeah. Okay. I any, think any, I, any other ones for Blender? I, I think we've drained this topic. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's All right. Let's spin it. Stop. Peyton oh, Manning. Manning. Mm. Oh, my <clears throat> All right. So just, talk about let me forehead? get prepared real quick. <laughs> oh, the forehead. <laughs> yeah, the forehead. <laughs> I mean, right. for those that don't know, Peyton Manning was a uh, quarterback in the NFL mm. for a long time for the Colts and the Broncos. Yes, yes. He's also an ambassador for Papa John's Pizza. And he has a is massive... He still, is he still an ambassador for Papa John's? Probably not since the or, fallout. Or, or, or nationwide. He's on, he's on those nationwide commercials with Brad Paisley. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Or was. And, and he hosts the Manning cast, the yes. best part Which of football. Which is hilarious. Yeah. And he has a massive forehead. And he has a <laughs> massive <laughs> forehead. Yes, That's yes. right. That's right. Oh, my goodness. Okay. okay. This is lame, bad. Okay, I just want to preface that. It's not like one of my students. This is probably wrong. No, it's not wrong. It's just not very. I just, I just happen to be. Just th- think about this. So, I think of Psalm thirty-four. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Mm-hmm. And we think about how so many people are familiar with Christianity from afar. Yeah. And so they know something about it, but they've never actually tasted. They never actually experienced. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think a lot of us have watched from afar Peyton Manning. On a TV screen. Yeah. We've seen, we've seen him play. We've seen the brilliance. But I remember in the, when was this? The summer of 1998. I think it was his rookie year. I was in college and I was at the uh, Texas Roadhouse in Anderson where the Colts used to have their training camp. And I oh. walked into an area of the restaurant and there Peyton Manning was sitting with a couple of the coaches right there. And he looked, he looked so different because he was so much bigger than I, I, I imagined. Yeah. Okay. And so I, I saw like, that's just the size of his hands and in how, just how big he was. And I thought, okay, 
I can understand why this guy's such a stellar athlete, yeah. right? And so what what's what was on the TV screen when I would see him play? Okay, but when mm. I saw him in person, I was like, okay, it makes sense at least just from looking at him why this guy can hold a ball, why he can throw this thing and sling it. Um, so in sense, I, I I in a sense tasted and saw, not really tasted, but I saw for myself <laughs> up close. I saw him even without his pads, saw him, and I and I, and I had an understanding huh. of his. Um, abilities more so than just seeing them on a screen. That's good. That wow. I like good. that. Now, did you, you, you tasted, right? You took a piece of his fries from well, his you, plate. They got those hot rolls, right? Like one of his rolls. <laughs> no, I, I, I walked in, I was, I don't even, I think I was going to the bathroom or something. I walked into like the, 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 the bar area and, and he was sitting right there at one of those little tables. I was like, Oh, Peyton Manning. Yeah. I didn't go up and talk to him. I was too nervous. Mm. <laughs> This better be good. Uh, uh, <laughs> okay, so with Peyton Manning, I don't know if many people even know this, but in Peyton Manning's first season or two, Peyton had just an awful season. Like, he was an interception machine. Like, it was just... He Sounds threw like more the Colts right now. <laughs> <laughs> he threw more passes to the opposing team's defense than he did to his own team. Just however it looked... But if you look at his the rest of his career, he's one of the most celebrated and honored quarterbacks in the conversation as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, top five, top ten quarterbacks of all time. So it's the sermon illustration being it's not about the start. It's about the finish and the journey. Going from terrible, awful, no good, broken. Very, very bad day. That's right. Broken mm-hmm. down, wretch of a sinner, and growing continually in grace. That's good. The presence of the that's Lord. good. That's good. So, I like growing up. You know, Peyton was a quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts for like my whole life, and <laughs> seeing him play there. But now transition, like the only time I see him is really if he's at a football game, like when he was at the Tennessee versus Alabama when they won, mm-hmm. or like com- not commentating, but like talking about football on on the air or whatever on TV. And so like everything with him seems like he's still trying to be associated with football to my knowledge where I see him. And it's just this whole idea of ten, football had been such a big part of his life. And let's say for anybody like that, it, become a, it can become a lot of your identity, who you are. Take mm. that away. Mm. Not just from injury, but when you get old and like you just have to retire, then you're trying to search for what what am I supposed to do? Yeah. And a lot of times with those guys, you see it in basketball too with Shaq. Like, they're staying around the sport. And a lot of times it's because that's where they found so much value. Mm-hmm. And that's where people put place value on them. And so when you when when your desires are for the world, yeah, and say for football or for that fame and such things, and you then you seek for that. But the thing is, is it it's temporal. You see that like they're grasping for it and trying to hold on while it's fading away and it would continue to fade away. But we as Christians, when me as a tennis player, you guys in your sports, like after when you're done with your sport, there might be a piece where it's like, oh, like I played that for a long time. That was a part of me. But you still have a purpose. Mm. It's not having to grab back onto that to have purpose. You have purpose in Christ past that. And that was just a, a part of your life. It's mm-hmm. good. It's good. It's good. So I've been I've been stewing on this, trying to figure out how, how it works out. All right. Yeah. But three, three people yes. to wait for. So it's better be good. So a, a quarterback. Peyton Manning, for example, Ooh. he was—he's very good, but he knew all his plays, and he also did film. He knew their opponents, kind of their defense or coverages. But as as a quarterback, he has to read the coverage. They have to read what's going on, the the matchups, things like that. And if we're being honest, if you don't have a good quarterback, it's really hard to win football games because mm-hmm. they control they control the game. Plus, 
it's it's a good weapon to have. If you have just a straight running offense, then you can kind of stack the box, which you just really right. well, you play against the run, right? So for for Peyton Manning, he he be he's a phenomenal quarterback. He knew his own playbook. He knew the opponent's playbook really well. He knew what was what was going on, and it makes me ask the question. Does Satan know our playbook better than we know our playbook? Ooh. Because if Satan knows better, then quote unquote, we're going to lose. Dang. So do we know scripture well enough to win? I guess mm. to put it that way. And the analogy kind of breaks down, but yet the question remains true. <laughs> no, like, no, no. But that actually plays out because uh, when I was reading Matthew 4, the devil uses scripture. Right. He yeah. tries to twist it, right? And so like. My whole my whole point when like I bring that up is if you don't know scripture, if you don't know the truth, and he presents scripture as truth but twisting it, then you will be deceived. Yep. Because he knows your literal like playbook better than you do. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So I like that one. I, I took inspiration from your sermon, your senior sermon last year. Yes. So wow. You can go Still find that impact yeah. <laughs> on Instagram at Isaac Steiner. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Give me more views. <laughs> now, were you in any way likening Peyton Manning to Satan? In yours? Or I was not. Okay. We Peyton Manning's opponents, of course. Okay, yeah. We yeah. have on this podcast, on occasion, compared a lot of things to Satan, <laughs> actually. But not well, to anything's Peyton Manning's anti-God. <laughs> no. All right. I think we're good with this one. Yes. I think we're satisfied. Yes. And stop. A mechanic. Ooh. Mechanic. This this one, this is a good one. Could be a softball. Fix yeah. that car. Fix that car. Mm. Fix, it. Mm. Fix that car. So many parts in one... <laughs> that make it work. Yeah. That sounds like Trinity to me. <laughs> oh, goodness. No, that, People awesome. are listening to this this podcast be like, they have really bad theology going into college. No. Yes, they kept saying parts about the Trinity. Well, okay. I, first of all, I was not talking about the car is God and there's parts of God. I'm talking about the church. There's parts mm, okay. of the church. Mm. Back to ecclesiology for you. Yeah, go ahead. Hit it. No, hit, I didn't, hit it. You want to no. Oh, my days. Okay. So, for example, um, the like a couple couple weeks ago or a month ago, with my car, there were just some problems. Mm-hmm. And for me, not being a mechanic, not knowing anything, I don't know what's going on. I yeah. just know there's a problem. And I have to take it back to, to my house to go to our mechanic. I was going there for that weekend, so it worked out, actually. But the thing is, I didn't think it was like that big of a problem. Just because mm-hmm. one small thing, I was like, oh, this just feels a little bit off. You know, maybe it's just... I mean, brakes are a big thing, but it's like, oh, they just feel a little weird. Or like steering feels just a little weird. Something like that, right? Brakes are sort of important. You know, but, you know it's you know, okay. But They're it not working, felt, whatever. It, it felt like there was only one problem. Mm. Like that surface level problem. Yeah. Where it's like the brakes are what's wrong or, or something else. But then I forget what was even wrong with my car, but we took it in there. But then we found out that there was like eight things wrong with my car. Yeah, sounds about right. And so, so the mechanic was like, laying this out to us. And I was like, I thought it was just this. He's like, no, well, this caused this, this caused that. And it all led to this, what you're experiencing. And this whole idea of when we talk about sin in our lives is this surface level thing that we're pointing out and we're like trying to cut off the branches when you have to take out the root. Yeah. What's the thing behind that? Yeah. It's good. It's good. It's good. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. So (laughs) go on, go on, man. Wait, no, I was just going to say that the the, the, C.S. Lewis makes a similar analogy of dentists wins in mere Christianity, kind of like a what British, you just said. Yeah. A, a, a British person talking about a dentist. Well, that's what makes it so unique. <laughs> <laughs> if you've been to the UK, they don't like dentists very much, but they like a lot of brown tea. And there goes our international <laughs> listeners in the United Kingdom. <laughs> well, no, he was. Yeah, but he was talking about when he was a kid, he didn't like to tell his mom that he had a toothache. Yeah, because he knew that as soon as he was taken to the dentist, the dentist won't leave well enough alone. He won't just deal with the tooth that hurts. 
he's going to go fiddling around with everything else mm-hmm. and find other problems. It's just what you were saying, yeah. Isaac, about the, the mechanic. It's not just, here's what's wrong with my car, um, fix it. Well, when the person who knows the car, the person who knows teeth, takes a look, a are we prepared yeah. to to have the truth told about us so that it's not just the one little thing, but it's the whole treatment that we have to go in for? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, and kind of, kind of going off of that, um, there's two ways to fix your car, usually. You do it yourself or you take it to an expert. <laughs> one is significantly cheaper than the other. One is significantly more expensive. Yeah. Because what are you paying for with the mechanic? You're paying for expertise. You're paying for the labor. You're A mechanic, when they bill out stuff, they do it by a book, and it, they estimate how many hours it will take in that book. But a mechanic might be able to do a three-hour job in one, but they still get to charge you for three mm-hmm. because they bring so much expertise and knowledge and experience to that particular repair. Whereas you hop onto YouTube, find a Chris fix video <laughs> or some other person with the worst camera quality ever under their car, shaking their phone. All right, Bob, this is how you take out the, uh, their starter in the 1999 carburetor. Uh, aspirator. That's, that's right. Carburetor aspirator. Good. Uh, but one costs a lot. And usually is the thing that fixes the car. Whereas you do it yourself, much cheaper, but there's a lot more room for error and a lot more room for mm-hmm. problems. You might even create more problems than you solve. Yes. Yeah. Yes. When it comes to following after the Lord or choosing our own way and following ourselves, being wise in our own eyes, following our own path, the way of the Lord is costly, but it is the good path. And it's the path that leads to healing, wholeness, and recovery and restoration. There you go. There you go mm-hmm. then. Boom. All right. All right. There you go. Any all more right. grease monkey analogies? <laughs> Good with the mechanics. There's all the mechanics who are now no longer listening. <laughs> <to>. <laughs> That's true. Man, we're My just hitting them younger all younger brother. <laughs> we are driving everybody away. All right, let's, let's get the next spin. one. And stop. Pluto. Pluto. Is that Pluto the dog the planet, or, or the planet? Yeah. Ooh, let's let's just mix it up. Whoever or the person. Ah, uh, Plato. No, <laughs> okay, let let's let's turn to our producer who uh, has created this generator. Uh, producer, what was the thought process when Pluto was up there? Is it the planet or the dog from Disney? Either. Oh, All he right. gave us. <laughs> oh, that's what, that's what you were thinking. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. All right, let's do it. Oh my days. Oh my days. Mm, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Mm. Jesus. <laughs> All right, I'll just you got something. I'll throw this out there. It's give get, me some background it's, on Pluto. It's going to be stupid, but there is a video game called Kingdom Hearts, which is this. It's an amazing video what? game that involves Disney characters. All right, so the whole plot of Kingdom Hearts is very complex, and it's just way too much to get into. But basically. You go on an adventure with other Disney characters visiting Disney worlds, okay? And you have to save all these worlds, okay? The whole plot starts with a letter delivered by our favorite Disney dog, Pluto, okay? I don't know who that is. The dog Pluto? No. Mickey Mouse's dog? <laughs> Dude. Kind of a, kind of a brownish yellow. I'm convinced Isaac knows nothing of culture. <laughs> he knows sports. Boom. That's it. He's not in the world at all. <laughs> 
you're following the scripture, I'm in right? It, but not of it. The, oh, that's good. So, so Pluto delivers the message in this video game that basically starts the whole thing. It's it starts a whole series of events. So, let's think about the incarnation for a minute, right? <laughs> what? I just think it's so funny. It's what I came up with. <laughs> no, I like it. Keep going. Let's go. Okay. Let's go. So, in the incarnation, there are all of these messengers that come through and begin this this amazing life-changing thing that starts a process and and all that jazz. So but anyway, messengers in the story of advent that leads to the incarnation. I think that's a the only connection I could no. come up with in such a short time. <laughs> okay, this the is the dramatic pause. This is the this is away from Disney and the the, uh, <laughs> all right. the planet. And in fact, it's wrong to call it a planet now. Yeah, it's that's ex, right. It's ex, a nice planet. Now it's considered a, a, a dwarf, dwarf, a dwarf planet. Yeah. yeah. So thinking about that, I was, you know, when I was in school all my years, Pluto was always a planet, right? There mm-hmm. were nine planets in the solar system. Yes. Kids now learn eight. So I remember, I can't even remember what year this was in, when scientists decided, like voted on whether or not to maintain Pluto's status as an actual planet in the solar system. Uh, the producer will have to look that one up for us, perhaps. <laughs> but <clears throat> what I remember about it was, it, it was weird for me, like, but they always told us in school, like, this is a planet, and now they're saying it's not. But the amount of apparent furor, you know, there was in some quarters about, you know, they can't do this, as if Pluto <laughs> was an actual person or something, you know, like you're losing a friend. Um, so like It people, meant something to me. Right, so like people online and, and other, you know, people were getting really upset about it. You know, I can't remember... All the all the discussion, but some people are like, "What up in arms?" You know, and the way what's that? Two thousand six. Two thousand six. I thought it was some time ago. So I remember that I was five years old. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the way the way the the way I'm trying to bring this in is because I think you were talking earlier about ecclesiology, and I've been around long enough, been in the church long enough to have seen some churches get in fights and sometimes even split mm. over things that in the, at the end of the day don't really matter. Ooh, I was thinking of how many, good. how many, wow. not just scientists, but how many just mostly people out there who are mad about it, like how much does it really affect your life? Yeah. If Pluto now is considered a dwarf planet instead of a, a planet, is your life really ruined? Right. I really mm-hmm. out anything. Um, and it just sort of reminds, reminds me of the stupid things that the church can fight over sometimes when when you really step back you think i mean a little tradition oh it's always been a planet to me right yeah but does it really change things Mm -hmm. does it really matter and i think most of the time not always but most of the time it's not not necessarily yeah it's good that's good sacred cows make the greatest hamburgers (laughs) beautiful (laughs) No, that right. was good. I, I have nothing else for Pluto. Right. Especially since you don't know who the dog is. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't know the dog, and I never heard of that planet. <laughs> All right, let's hit the next one. Oh, it's not working. Use right. the mouse. And stop it. Ooh, a banana. 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 Oh, mm. my gosh. Oh! oh. Not, not an illustration for the Trinity. That's it. Par- par- partialism. <laughs> I was thinking about that. Mm. that. Why is that the first thing? I was like, this is, I can't use the banana to describe this. Oh. Okay. So, uh, how do you peel a banana, everyone? At the I table? know how. You know how the right way to peel a banana? From the bottom. That's right. Monkeys peel the banana from the bottom. I don't like you, bro. This was going to be mine. <laughs> oh. Take it, bud. If you don't, no, no, no. Take, no, you, take it. I'll let you take no, it. No, because 
you say what you're going to say. And if it's the exact same thing as mine, then I know we're both inspired by the Lord. <laughs> That's how it works. That's how it works. Uh, it's a true prophecy. So what, what I was going to say was, you know, the world peels it from the top. Come on now. But the ones who truly know peel mm. it from the bottom. Mm. The church mm. does things differently, does things counterculturally. Jesus does things counterculturally that are strange to people, that are crazy to some people as well. <laughs> if you didn't know, this is his preaching voice. <laughs> but there is a right way to eat a banana. That's good. There is a better way. That's so good. Let's hit it. So along the same thought line, I guess. Dude, there was, I remember the time where I actually learned this because one of my friends got so upset. Yeah. And it kind of goes back to what you said. Like, people get upset for no reason for something like that. And I was just like, dude, monkeys do it this way. They know how to do it right. This is all they eat. Yeah. Not all they eat, but like. I will say this. We're, we're also talking about a creature that also flings its poop at people. So. Oh, very true. Very true. <laughs> but they eat it the most efficiently. Yeah. Have you ever seen it? It's insane. But we eat it the other way. But once we found out, we were like, no, the monkeys are wrong. Mm. But a lot of times, whenever scripture confronts us with something that we're so set on and we've been doing for, for a long time, it's like, no, scripture's wrong. Mm. But we need to get back to the point where if scripture contradicts what we think or how to do something or how we should react, then it's more checking our own, our own pride, That's our good. own actions and what we think is right and submitting unto the unto. Under the word of the Lord. That's good. Mm -hmm. That's good. Love it. Like a monkey with a banana. Whoa, monkey. This is the second podcast in a row we've talked about a poop. creature's poop. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Penguins. Oh, yeah. Penguins. Penguins, yeah. You know they can really? projectile poop up to six feet? I did not know that. That's right. So don't stand by Brilliant. the penguin. No, All right. Apparently not. We're no. good, though. All right, let's hit the next one. Let's go to the next one. And stop. stop. Ooh. Hot, Hot sauce. sauce. Hot sauce. The sauce, bouse, mm. spice it up. Mm. Spice I mean that—that's what—that's where I was gonna go. Bland versus give it a little spice. Hit the button. I don't want to do it. But it's your turn, isn't it? I—I'm oh, blanking over here. <laughs> that, honestly, that's what happens. Sometimes it's just like there's a minute where I was just like, I—I I got my creative juices flowing, and now it's like, oh goodness. Sometimes the Lord is speaking to you, and sometimes voice is silent. Yeah. No. Uh, Hot sauce. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kick us off if you have an idea. I got an idea, but it's not going to contribute, I don't think. So if, we're, if we want to move on, we can do that. If not, I will share about hot sauce just for like one second. Give us the one second. Give us the one second. Okay. So there's so many different hot. Uh, uh, there's a hot scale. Yeah. And, and, you know, the Carolina Reaper, the, you know, whatever other hot peppers are all the way over there. And then there's like all these Midwesterners that don't put any spice on their food at all. And it just comes out in just the most bland, mushy, tapioca-type texture thing. And there's this large scale of flavor that goes along with this hotness scale. And here's another one where I'm just like, <laughs> take it and run with it if you got it at this point. <laughs> but basically, there's there's a there as the farther you go along this hotness scale, flavor just disappears mm. into just eternal hotness. And there is, there is no longer any flavor. Instead, you lose all sensation of flavor, right? So there can, there can be such thing as too much of a good thing hmm. versus also too little of a good thing. It's got to be the right balance of a good thing. Moderation. That's right. 
That's terrible. I told you. <laughs> and you tried. All right. Yeah, I like that. I think I'm good with hot sauce. I think we're all good with hot sauce. Let's hit the next Let's one. Let's see the next one. Stop that. Advil. Advil. Oh, my mm. days. Well. Hmm. Oh, shoot. There we go. <gasps> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so I played, I played baseball, and we had um, a competitive traveling team that was... I mean, they were more of like the elite players going to play college baseball. There were some future draft picks, things like that. And before the game, they, I mean, I'm not kidding. I would watch them. They would take like seven Advil. Mm. So they wouldn't feel anything. That is above the doctor's recommended yes, dose. Yes. And so I'm looking at all of my teammates that are just popping like seven Advil before a game. Guy had a broken thumb, took like seven Advil, hit a home run like that next at bat. Yeah. Um, oh my god! And uh, I mean, these guys were some dogs. Like they, they could play baseball, and I, I as mean, opposed to not playing baseball. I mean, but like, th- there's a level you c- in any sport. There's a level of like this guy's the next level. Yeah. This guy's mm-hmm. elite. Like when Isaac plays tennis, you know he's good. Mm. Versus if I were to play tennis, like you would see there's a difference. Like we're both left-handed, but yeah, he's way, way more skilled and advanced than I am and I'll ever be. Yeah. But these guys could play baseball and they would take seven or eight Advil before a game and they would just numb whatever feelings they had, whatever Jeez. pain they would have yeah. so they could perform. And I was just thinking of like the different ways in which we numb the the things that we're showing with, right? We we turn Ooh. to something to numb ourselves of that pain, right? We we turn to, there's, there's a pornography you know, pandemic yes. going around that you, you go to alcoholism, whatever it is, you can choose. You have that natural thing that you idolize that you think will bring hope and joy and restoration and, and peace, whatever it is. And it's never going to, yeah. it will never fill up. It will always be something that's just gross and disgusting that until you taste the freedom of the Lord will always never satisfy. Yeah. And just as in the same way, like we have areas in our lives, even, even if we are, you know, we have been in a relationship with Jesus for many, many years. And, and this is something that Dr. Morgan talked about in his class about sanctification and things like of that nature. But you will also always have things that the Holy Spirit knocks in your heart and says, Hey, you, you have this area in your life that you're still not letting go of. And I want that. You'll have this continual process. And just as it's my baseball players, teammates taking seven Advil, numbing something else. There are always going to be something that we have an inkling to turn to, to numb whatever we're going through. Yeah. It's good. It's good. With that a little farther, it's, it's the whole idea of, cause for tennis, a lot of times it's it's tennis elbow, it's tendonitis, it's different things like that, which a lot of times, honestly, ibuprofen and Advil can, like, help with. Now, I don't take seven. <laughs> if I take, like, ibuprofen, it's, like, four, and then, like, that's that's it. They're not, you know? You're not going to have a liver, guys. <laughs> that, that's true. <laughs> I, never, I never took seven, I must say. <laughs> I did, I, I'm not six. doing that. Right. <laughs> yes, of course. But the whole but the whole thing is to to treat a problem, like, momentarily. Yeah. And it's... Like, say for me, for tennis, it's like, I want to take this so that way I cannot feel this so I can go do what I want. But the thing is, like, the pain returns once it all wears Mm. off. And so it's almost like, like what we talked about with the mechanic and stuff. It's, it's, there's a problem and how I'm trying to solve it is momentary. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to go through the whole process because there's a lot more things that I have to do in order to not have that pain and to function the right way. But if I have a cheap, easy way to go about it that I can do myself that doesn't take all that discipline, then I'll take that way and just wrestle with the pain. Mm-hmm. But that's Good. how a lot of times we work in the world. It's, if this is a problem, if I have a uh, an instant solution that will give me some some relief from it, 
then I'll take that. Then instead of going through the whole process of actually getting to the core of the problem. It's good. It's good. I love it. Kind of like to the, another way of saying it is that Advil and medicines like it only treat symptoms, but they can't treat causes. Right. So they, (laughs) so the, the broken thumb, the, the symptom is pain. I would imagine in a broken thumb, excruciating the Advil kept that masked, but it didn't fix the guy's thumb. Right? Yeah. Right. And so we're talking about kind of counterfeit measures, temporary measures to, you know, cure what really ails us. And, and they, those, as you guys were saying, those can't, Yeah, uh, it takes something much deeper to get to the root cause, um, to cure the disease, not just help me alleviate symptoms temporarily. That's good. Gosh, that was so that's, good. That's I'm good. out. I didn't, even <laughs> I'm out. That was so nothing. good. Do we have time for a lightning round? Speed round. Speed round. Speed round. Speed round. All right. Give us. We, Give us the next it's topic. One topic. We all go as fast as we can. Okay, let's see it. Do we have to hit this? And yes. stop. A guitar. A guitar. Oh, I have to be in tune. My days. Oh, oh. Hey, he what the heck? He hit it. It. My life has to be in tune with the Holy Spirit, mm. just like a car oh. has to be. A guitar has to be in tune. Uh, there's six strings or twelve strings on a guitar, oh. and one of those strings can be out of tune, and it can throw off the whole harmony of a chord. <laughs> Please don't say the one I'm going to Between say. a electric and bass guitar, there are a different amount of strings. And God has made us all unique and different, but not as a mistake, but Ooh. an image of God. Ooh, it's good. Frick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with a guitar, it's the instrument, and we are the instrument. And the instrument isn't what gets all the recognition. It is the player. Mm. God Boom. uses us as the instrument, and he should get the glory. Woo! There it is. Lightning round, everybody. Great Wait, job. It's actually like the most stressful thing in the world. It I is. Know. Like, I know, because you both cut me off before I was finished with my... Oh, actually? Yeah, it just said one is off, and it creates a harmony for a chord. I didn't get to the spiritual side. Oh, I thought that was what you were... I thought that was... I was going to get... I was, yes, I was just going to say one more sentence about it, but that's good. It's yeah. okay. That's, I, everybody got it, I think. Okay, background guy. Okay, background guy. Dr. Morgan, thank you so much for joining us and bringing in a... Scripture passage that didn't make us all cringe or laugh or whatever. But thank you for your insight, your wisdom, and, and for teaching us that heresies are not good. So <laughs> glad I'm known for that. It's I will really let helpful. you know that's not all you've taught me. Okay. That's true. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Your Theo 2 class, yes, transformed my spiritual life. Anyways, yeah. that's that's a different time. Also, you can check out Dr. Morgan's Coffee and Calling podcast. It was released. It's called Faithful, Obedient, and Available. And one of those orders. So yes. give it a listen if you don't know what that means because it's it's really insightful. But where can you find that, Noah? You can find that on can you finish that sentence, Tyler? Because my, my brain is going <laughs> blank. You can find it on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, or you can watch it on video yes. on YouTube at yes. the called collective. I was gonna just say the call collective. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the first thing I thought of. I was like, can that's you finish not the right. sentence? <laughs> yeah, that was good. I love that. Um but thank you once again, listeners. Thank you for listening to some modern parables and stay tuned for more. Modern parables. That's right. We would also like to take a second to thank the School of Theology and Ministry at Indiana Wesleyan University for using their facilities. We want to thank the Called Collective for producing all of our podcasts. The Called Collective seeks to equip the next generation of ministry leaders. To find out more information, visit thecalledcollective.org or check us out on Instagram at the Called Collective. Once again, thank you for stopping by and listening to our crazy sermon illustrations that might actually work. Check back next week for more Modern Parables.